0: Jackson Hewitt needs you to know three things about filing taxes this year. One, there are thousands of dollars worth of new tax credits on the table. Two, you have to file for them to make sure you get the right amount. Three, a Jackson Hewitt tax pro will help track down every credit you deserve. Tax credits for being a parent, taking care of a parent, going to school, and so much more. You don't want to miss out on thousands. Jackson Hewitt knows that. Discover thousands in tax credits and get your biggest refund guaranteed. Learn more at jacksonhewitt.com. SeaWorld is sending some of its residents out of state for extra help. SeaWorld Orlando has transferred four manatees it treated to an aquarium in Ohio for rehabilitation. DHL donated its services, including the flight, and built custom containers to get them safely out of state this weekend. SeaWorld says it's been treating a record number of manatees lately, but it's only one of five critical care facilities available for them in the U.S. So sending the sea cows out of state will help free up more space for other threatened mammals. More than a th- Thousand manatees died in Florida last year alone. Monica Ricks, CBS News. Nickelodeon scores with its second ever green slime-filled broadcast of an NFL playoff game, featuring CBS Morning's Nate Burleson in the 49ers' win over the Cowboys. Look
1: at the slime oh, oh, it's slimy. the abominable slime man! Watch out, Jimmy.
0: Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Are you a child care provider? Ever considered being a child care provider? Wanting to work from home and be your own boss? Athens County Child Care Unit can help you get started. Child care is essential to working families and the workforce shortage. Athens County is in desperate need of child care settings. Start your own business. Become a licensed family child care provider. Contact the Child Care Unit at Ohio Means Jobs, Athens County, 510 West Union Street, or by calling 740-797-1405.
3: Since 1972, Dan Inman Electric has been providing professional solutions at fair prices. Whether it is dedicating a line for your computer, running all-new electric lines, installing new lighting, air services, ductwork for distributing the best heating and cooling throughout your home, or complete HVAC system installations for the home or office, Dan Inman Electric can hook you up. Consider a backup generator for those untimely Southeast Ohio power outages. Call Dan Inman Electric, 740-593-8813. That's Dan Inman Electric, 740-593-8813.
0: I'm Brandy. You may know me as a branch manager, but I'm also a volunteer and a band mom.
3: At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find Brandy or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com.
0: Hi, I'm Kim, and this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's not, it's the, not Kim and the Kim and Ruth Show. show. It's really. <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics. And all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to Make It Happen.
3: Daily reports at the stock market's close. Tune in at 5.30 tonight on WATH to stay informed about your money. The Stock Market Report is brought to you by Goldsberry Wealth Strategies, serving Athens County since 2005. The Goldsberry Wealth Strategies Stock Market Port airs exclusively in Athens County on 970 WATH weekdays at 530 immediately after our local newscast. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc. member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors, Inc. Gold Bay Wealth Strategies is not a registered broker dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick O'Kasick was a lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary ne- biggest selling song. Cars. Who was the all-time leading score in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. <laughs> That's Auto cars. Smarts. Friday afternoons cars. at 106 cars. on 970 cars. WATH and 97.1 cars. FM. That's a 57 Chevy? Cars. Cars, cars.
4: I-N-E-P-T. Inept Tech. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters.
1: Raw, raw, raw.
3: Coach Turf, you've returned from Seashore State where your Oysters played their fifth game of the season. I'm wondering what kind of game it was.
4: Well, it was a fine ball game. You know, Oysters played a real fine ball game offensively and defensively, and, boy, them uh, Seashore State fellas played a fine ball game. They gave us a fine ball game. So what all the fans who came to see the game, seen what everything was all over, said and done with, was a fine ball game. I understand this
3: is where Coach Shark Sheffield whose secretary Sue Salisbury sells seashells. At Wait the a minute, bo-
4: we ain't got that much time. This is only a five-minute program.
3: Could we get a score on the ballgame, Coach?
4: Well, I'm glad you asked me that question because it is a real sore spot, literally, about what the score of that ballgame was. You know, we got beat, I believe it was 66 and zip, but there was what you call ex- extenuating circumstances.
3: Well, could you explain that a little bit uh, more in detail for us?
4: Well, you see what happened was we was breaking in a brand new driver going in 1937 Packard on this road trip, good old uh, uh, Skid Crawford. You know, I call him good old Skid Crawford. He'll be good old Skid Crawford unless he messes up again. You know, he was supposed to have packed all the uniforms in the Packard going on the way over there to the beach. And he didn't pack a single one of them rascals. And, And I'll be dogged if we got there and we didn't. And we had to play, all of our boys had to play without their uniform shirts on. And I'm telling you, it's hot. And that sun was out at the beach. And all of our boys got sunburned. We didn't bring no sunburn lotion. And by the time halftime rolled around, they were so sunburned, they couldn't make a tackle. They couldn't complete a pass. They couldn't make a running play. They couldn't do nothing without getting killed out there. And, And I'm real disappointed with the way that ball game turned out.
3: Sounds like a terrible situation, Coach. We'll talk more about it right after we pause for this message
5: and the Art Turf show this morning proudly brought to you by something we all are appreciative of. this morning snow plows and shovels too yes well, coach turf I know a
3: 66 to nothing loss must be tough to take but you were telling me about some extenuating circumstances a, a big home field advantage for seashore state
4: well that's right you know uh, not the least of which is there feel what they play on. It's a surface that we ain't used to playing on. They, Of course, uh, use that advantage to everybody that plays over there. They got a lot of sand on their field. Ain't no question about it. And our boys ain't used to playing on. It makes footing real treacherous, real sloppy, but they started at the ball game wanting us to play with a football that we ain't used to playing with, a, a ball that's a lot whiter than, than what you normally play with, and ball that's a lot rounder than what they normally play with. And they tried to tell us that's the kind of ball they play with all the time out there on the beach, but we didn't want to play with that football, and that kind of got us a little upset. And, of course, then there was their cheerleaders over there. They was wearing a whole lot less than the cheerleaders, what we're used to seeing over at our place. You know... Uh, Uh, seeing them cheerleaders over there on the beach kind of reminded me of our statistics sheets. You know, them uh, statistics sheets and cheerleaders look a lot alike when they're wearing what they're wearing. Namely, uh, statistics sheets show a whole lot, but then again, they don't show everything.
3: Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach... Art Turf.
2: Isn't snow exciting? I don't know, without a good snowfall each winter, I'd I'd be disappointed. This is a good one, folks. And we are under a level three, um, what would you call it, travel advisory. Basically that means unless you've got a job that, It's imperative to um, our society, if you know what I mean. In our 72nd Whoops.
3: year of serving
2: Southeast wrong? Ohio, AM 970 97.1. Stop. what I do wrong? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I'll well, anyway, um, <clears throat> let's see, where was I? Unless you have a job that's imperative that you uh, be there. Um, you're not supposed to be out on the roads right now. Now I tell you what I've I've been uh, three places this morning, uh, helping employees uh, get to the work and stuff like that. And uh, of course I've been to the station, and the the uh, state highway trucks are doing a marvelous job. The city's doing an excellent job. Um, I don't know how much longer they'll have this. Um, level three um, in position or not. But, uh, of course, it'll only be downgraded to a two then. But at this point, it's a level three. So unless you have a job where it's imperative that you be there... There goes my phone. Unless you have a job that it's imperative that you be there for the welfare of our community, that means law enforcement fire radio um, you know what I mean that sort of thing um, then um, you are in theory subject to being arrested that's right it's a um, it's just the way it is so anyway good morning folks let's see here Sorry, I got distracted for a minute. I'm still distracted. Let me see what I got here. Okay, I guess I understand. Hmm. Okay, well, it says I have a medical appointment today. <laughs> but it, the name I don't recognize. All right. Um, well, let's see here. Let's uh, forgive what I'm doing, and, and let's uh, just get back to business here. By the way, we do have a caller. Good morning. You're on the air.
1: Morning. It's J.W., young man. Hey. How you doing? I'm at work. I have an essential job. Yeah. I'm uh, talking to the Sandman for my pillow. <laughs> That's my essential job, sir.
2: There you go. What's on your mind
1: today? Uh, Just a few King musings. Uh, You know, uh, Dr. King, uh, his friends called him, his closest friends called him Mike.
2: No, I didn't know that.
1: Which was his original name, Michael King. And... um, is uh that was his father's name, and his father changed his name to Martin Luther, and then he changed his son's name to Martin Luther King jr hmm. but they were born Mikes and um where were they born in uh Atlanta I believe I'm pretty okay. sure it was Atlanta
2: all right yeah,
1: yeah I'm pretty sure in Atlanta just a great just that voice uh that voice will live in uh, you'll hear that voice all day today, and what a haunting voice it was when he spoke. It was uh, full of passion and uh, mostly peace. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I think we will forget that uh, toward the end of his life, his last three years or so, he was becoming more of a polarizing figure, Um because people within his own movement thought he was too passive, uh, the Black Power Movement was saying, "Hey, we're we're done with all this turn the other cheek stuff," and uh, so he 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 was really. It's so ironic that he was becoming actually more disillusioned and more angry toward the end of his life, and Malcolm X was becoming more peaceful and more um, <laughs> inclusive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They both died at the age of 39. So ironic again, both assassinated. In fact, I don't know if people know, but Martin Luther King Jr. was in Cleveland on the election of the first, is that Stokes' brother up there, I think? Oh, yeah, uh,
2: yeah, that sounds right.
1: Yeah, he was, in, he was in Cleveland, but they kept him up in the hotel room because he was such a polarizing figure. Can you imagine that in 67? Yeah. That he's in the hotel, but they wouldn't let him come down and be a part of things. Wow. Um, but I never shall forget uh, April 3rd, a Wednesday night, walking past my grandparents' room. You know, you remember in the old, uh, you only had like one television if you were lucky, and it was a small one. And they kept it in their bedroom, so we would typically watch TV. in the fa- that was a family room, the bedroom, you know. And yes. I remember walking by there as a nine-year-old kid and hearing this voice. Uh, he was doing his last speech. Uh, which ironically again, he was not going to do that he was sick, he had a cold, it was storming he didn't go over to the church with everybody else and when he when Abernathy and all the rest went in, everybody was quite disappointed he wasn't there, so they called him over and over and he threw on some clothes, came from the hotel room, drenching in the rain, still fighting a bad cold, and did his last speech and those those words you know i you know I may not get there with you. You know, uh, but we'll get to the mountaintop. It was almost as if he was saying, hey, I I won't be there. Uh, And I remember that as a kid. And then the next day he was killed. Uh, I just wanted to just think about some of my musings today about him. Um, Amazing guy. Amazing amazing public figure.
2: What did he mean to you personally?
1: uh, I think for me he meant, um, he meant, Someone that was committed to a cause, you know, come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. And secondly, that voice, of course, being blind as I am, that voice was just mesmerizing. And, of course, being a preacher as well, he had he had it all. He, boy, he had it all. There have been a lot of wannabes. So nobody I, like him, okay.
2: this I don't want to get off topic, but you said something that caught my attention. Being blind the voice of someone you hear. Yes, sir. That is, uh, that's very much an impression of what you know of them, isn't it?
1: That's right. big part of it. You know, I see with all my other senses.
2: Who are some other voices that have really hit home for you?
1: Wow, that's a good question. There's a bunch of them, but uh, I mean, even uh, the John F. Kennedy voice, Mm -hmm. the Ronald Reagan voice, the Vin Scully voice. Uh, John Madden sidekick, uh, Pat Summerall, I used yes. to love him. He used to just, he didn't say a lot of words, but he had that voice.
2: Yes.
1: I remember when my Bears' uh, Richard Dent would make a sack and he'd just say, Richard Dent. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> and now Joe Buck, Jack and Joe Buck. Uh, those voices. are. And then I have my women voice that just, whoo, they send me, baby. Michelle Pfeiffer and I'm a Kim Kardashian fan. Her voice is electrifying. Just electrifying. So, yeah. Oh, wow, that, I'm on a uh, topic. Just to change it, <clears throat> too.
2: And without vision.
1: That Burrow, man. That Joe Burrow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Cincinnati, you're welcome. Athens, uh, you'll owe us your lives. You're welcome. We loaned him to you for several million dollars. <laughs> I mean, what an amazing guy. And he is just special.
2: We had a bunch of neighbors over and watched the game down in the family room together and had sort of a potluck it was really fun
1: let's just follow them all the way yeah. but everybody have a great I remember when they when they passed the MLK day um, holiday and by the way Ronald Reagan signed it those yes. of you who were not Ronald Reagan fans um, and uh, pushed for it um, I said. Now I'll call this Happy Peace Day. So everybody have a happy peace day.
2: J.W., thank you, man.
1: Take care, brother. Okay.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 970-WATH. I understand our 97.1 is um, iced up. So um, if you are trying to listen on it, it, it sounds like a very thin signal. But as the sun comes out, and it is as we speak coming out, I think some of that ice on the um, the antenna will um, melt, and then you'll be able to hear 97.1 much better. All right. Um, well, as J.W. pointed out, and I hadn't had the chance to do it yet, although Scott has throughout the morning, today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, This is a federal holiday, and so there are many things, I'm going to guess, like the post office and uh, banks and so on that that may have a holiday today. Um, And uh, I I meant to ask, um, but I didn't get it. So, Scott, you help me. When did they – What he said Ronald Reagan um, was the president who – Um, signed that into law. Can we put a year to what year uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day was first um, recognized? In the meantime, I'll just go on. So uh, today, not only is it Martin Luther King Jr. Day, it's National Classy Day. Like, you know, we say somebody's classy. Um, it's national bootleggers day and it's national hot Buttered rum day now bootlegger that's um that's when someone who makes illegal um, um, liquor right? yep I think so. Oh, I don't have your mic on man there you
5: go. Ah uh, here we go. Good morning good morning
2: yes. So what, um, what year was that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day fin- uh, uh, put into place?
5: January 20th, 1986. 86. Yes. Yeah. And my understanding is it is always the third Monday in January. Okay. Yes, it is. So
2: it isn't always the <clears throat> 17th. It can be, give or take, a, a few days to either
5: side. That is correct. Yeah. And... Uh, J.W. is right about the birthplace of Martin Luther King, Jr. in Atlanta, Georgia. His father, Martin Luther King, Sr., uh, was born in Stockbridge, Georgia. Not too far away. All right.
2: Well, since today's Monday, um, we, we can also mention some things about yesterday. January 16th is National Nothing Day. National Without a Scalpel Day. Those are two weird ones. National Religious Freedom Day. And National Fig Newton Day. Some of those make sense. Some of them do not. All right.
5: (laughs) National Nothing Day, but yet. There were a couple more national days after that Yeah. for it being a national nothing day.
2: Um, I guess we could talk about COVID again. Uh, it's been a few days since we were with you. Uh, you know, the weekend is gone. We don't have the party line on weekends. Um... But I, I have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday statistics now. And so uh, we'll do everything as of today. Or I'm mean, sorry, as of yesterday, which means at uh, 2 o'clock yesterday. So let's uh, go backwards. We'll start with Athens. Um, in Athens we had 328 new cases yesterday. The day before that, 560. The day before that, 514. These are new cases. So as of yesterday, after you added that 328 that were new yesterday, we've had a total now. That doesn't mean active. This is a total number of cases since Um, March 7th of 2020, a total of 11,817 cases in our county. That's 18% of our population. We presently have 321 in the hospital um, being cared for. Now, I told you 11,817 cases, 8,850 of them, that's 75%, have recovered. We've had 106 deaths. I think um, that's been true for at least the last three days. I want to say four days ago it was 105, so there's been one new one in the last few days. Vaccination rate, 52.56%. So 34,338 people uh, in our county have been vaccinated. State of Ohio. We had 26,000 new cases, 26,117 new cases in the last 24 hours. But if you go back um, to uh, 24 hours ending at 2 o'clock Saturday, we had twice that many. 50,299 to be exact. But let's just talk about yesterday's figures. So, since this all began in Ohio, which was March 1st of 20, we've had a total of 2,384,107 cases. That's 20.4% of the state's population either has or has had it. As of yesterday, 465... Let's see here. I want to make sure I read this right. Okay, that's right. As of yesterday, 19.5% of our total cases were active. Which is 465... Almost almost exactly 466,000 active cases 12,276 were in ICU 89,833 were in the hospital but not in ICU so add those two together active so there's like 300,000 recovering at home Uh, is that right 3 3 I'm going to say 365,000 recovering at home Now, totally recovered in the state of Ohio, 1,918,109 people The deaths in the state for the last 3 days, there's not been a new one Think that, that's a good sign. Yep. But still, in the early days when there were so many, we had 30,992 deaths thus far out of COVID. Average age 38 years of age. 53% of them were female. 46% male. Um. Bum, 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 bum. Should we do the world in US?
5: Uh, you I think you usually do on Mondays and okay. Fridays. Okay. <clears throat> so,
2: in our nation 425,000 new cases, bringing the total since this all began to 66,995,553 cases. That's 20.13% of our nation's population. Either, uh, for the most part, has had it, okay? There were 627 new deaths nationwide yesterday, bringing the, bringing the total deaths again since COVID began, which was February 5th of 20, to 873,564. So 1.3 percent. died of those that got it. Active cases right now, nationwide, 23,031,325. That's 34.38% of um, those that, uh, let's see here, what is that percentage I've forgotten, so forget that figure, please. I'll have to uh, refresh my memory here later in the day. But 43,090,644, that's 64% of those that got it have recovered now. Worldwide, and then we're done with this, we got... 7.8 billion people living in this world. There were 2,640,315 new cases yesterday. It was twice that many the day before. Okay. So, cases. Presently, the world has had 329 million cases. There were 6,055 new deaths yesterday worldwide, bringing the total that has passed to 55... No, 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 no. Yes, 5,559,096 people died worldwide. How many active cases in the world as of yesterday? 55,706,452. And then a figure we always like to end with, 81.3%. 81.4% have recovered. Which is two hundred and sixty-seven million, eight hundred and sixty thousand in change. All right, I- I'm sure you've heard this this um, omicron. It has increased the numbers significantly, but not in death. It's a milder version, but it's still something you don't want to get. So please, continue to think about your friends and neighbors. Please consider the vaccine. By the way, that's the figure I didn't give you. Vaccinated worldwide, 59.9%. Vaccinated in the US? Seventy four and three quarter percent. All right. Well, let's look at the New York Times for a few minutes. Um, the U.S. is bracing for more staff shortages in the nation's health care system after the Supreme Court made a critical decision on vaccine mandates. The ruling, which upholds the Biden administration's requirement for millions of health care workers to be vaccinated against COVID, could Wedge work, um, could wedge workers between opposing state and federal policies as hospitals wrestle with resistance among some staff. Of course, many hospitals are already under strain from the biggest surge of COVID-19 patients since the spring of 2020. New York City. There are simply not enough nurses to care for them all. Well, while healthcare providers now have a clear mandate, the business community, U.S. businesses, are largely on their own. Court's decision to block the vaccine mandate for big companies means it's now up to chief executives to decide when and how to pursue a new normal. <sighs> Let's see, other things related. The CDC conceded that cloth masks do not offer as much protection. As med- medical grade masks. Um, the other thing about the cloth masks is, you know, they need to be washed regularly.
5: And, you know, how often do people actually do that? You need to switch out your cloth mask. Get a medical mask. I, I have all kinds. Do you? Yeah. Throw that cloth one away.
2: I've I've <laughs> washed it twice, and uh, I've only worn it probably
5: a half dozen times, really. That's good. Stick with the medical grade.
2: Um. Let's see. Let's go on. Well, that's a repetition of what I just said. Oh, it goes on to say Americans can order at-home tests through a government website now starting on Wednesday. I think I told you my story that I got um, from our county library two test kits recently. As soon as they get them, they almost incidentally are gone. Oh, yeah. But I was lucky and did get two. The problem was... There's a tiny little bottle of fluid, and you're supposed to put six drops in one hole and the rest in the other, right? I couldn't, I squeezed with even pliers. For some reason or other, those bottles did not open up. I mean, I got one drop.
5: Did it have a seal on it or anything? Were you able to open it? I double checked that, cut off the nozzle. I did that.
2: Poke a hole in it. Something. All, all the above. I did it. Hmm. Um. Now, these tests that you use from the um, that the county hang, uh, at least had ones I got at least they require you to call someone who uh, works with you over the phone and even your uh, camera. Like they want to see the. The, um, what are those stickers called? Like the bar codes. Oh, yeah. UPC code. And then there's another type of code that's more of a square thing. Oh, the QR reference? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, they they apologize that it didn't work, and they're sending me two to replace, right? I had two test kits, and they, neither one worked right. So they're sending me new ones. But um, they say, as of Wednesday, we can order them through a government website.
5: Well, that one must have been sealed really good. Honest. Really well, Honest. I should say. Honest. I think,
2: I think it had somehow or other leaked out. Oh, uh, Yeah. Okay, so this whole thing with, uh, how do you say it, Dekovic, Nor- Novik Dekovic, the, the tennis player? Oh, Jokic, yeah. Jokic, okay, forget the D. Yeah. Um. I guess he's not going to play, right? That's what it sounds like. That's the latest thing. Australia, the government decision to revoke the unvaccinated tennis stars visa. Okay, and by the way, he's ranked number one in the world. But he's not going to be in that event. Saturday night. The police in Dallas-Fort Worth area rescued a rabbi and several hostages who had been held by a man at a synagogue. And it says here that they had been under his, whatever you call it, for 11 hours. Police said that a hostage rescue team had entered Congregational Beth Israel, which is in Colleyville, Texas, and that the suspect was dead. Authorities declined to identify the man or say how he had died. They did not make it clear whether any weapons had been recovered, but the man had claimed to have weapons and explosives.
5: Where was that? Dallas? Down
2: in, um, well, it's actually in Colleyville, but that's the Dallas-Fort Worth
5: area. Yes, okay.
2: I guess uh, former President Donald Trump held his first rally of the year in Arizona Um, this weekend. You know, I got an email. I get tons of emails. And by the way, our email system was down since... Thursday, but they got it working overnight, and man, am I swamped, but um, uh, before last Thursday when our email system broke down, I had received three emails, you know, it says from President Donald Trump, or former President Donald Trump. Whatever it says, from him. Off, um, offering to pay my airline and hotel and everything to come and attend that event. Now, folks, that must make you think I'm a tremendous supporter of his. I'm sorry. I. I would prefer you not think that. And I thought that was amazing. Where's that money come from to fly all sorts of people that they had emailed to that rally and their accommodations and everything? Oh well, let's see here. Did you know there was a football game this weekend?
5: Uh the, yeah, there were a few of them well, actually.
2: I only knew about one of them. Okay. And there's this young man who I guess was born and raised here in Athens.
5: Something else, isn't he?
2: And and then went on to play college ball at some school and then couple of them. Now he's with some pro team. No, I'm just messing around, obviously. Wow.
5: He done good, didn't he? Gutsy, gutsy performance. Especially when the running game was not working that great. Guess who takes over? Yeah. Number one. And Joe Burrow, number nine. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow to number one, Jamar Chase. I should have followed by saying the number one pick of the Bengals two years ago and the number one pick last year of the Bengals, Jamar Chase. Those guys are just special together. That's all there is to it. They're on the same page. And what was really cool is that Saturday before the game on ESPN, they had Coach O on there, the college coach at LSU, when Joe played there and won the national championship. That guy's a treat to listen to. He needs to be on commentary or a uh, color analyst of NFL games. He's he's like a kind of like a John Madden color guy on the games, and he was just singing the praises of Joe and uh, even Jamar Chase and other players that have been in the NFL. And uh, at the end of the interview, the one of the girls, one of the uh, panelists on ESPN uh, she mentioned to Coach O she says Coach O and we know that you have a trademark saying every time you finished an interview when you were at LSU right go Tigers remember that one yeah she said okay coach you said go Tigers after every interview what about today can we get you to do one for the Bengals and he goes you betcha Go Bengals. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that would have been cool to see Coach O at the game, but he obviously was somewhere down south. He was in the sunshine in a short sleeve shirt. So uh, my guess is he was somewhere in Louisiana. But anyway, just a delight to listen to him. And uh, Joe Burrow obviously stood tall. The, The bigger the game the bigger Joe plays. I mean, that's all there is to it. I mean, you think about back to the Athens high school days. They showed a picture of Joe Burrow Stadium. Yes. Yeah, that was really cool. And I was thinking, too, Joe, he never lost a game on that field. Not one game that I remember anyway. And then the big games, I still say, oh, you know, Athens uh, was slighted by some officials' calls up there and no calls during the cha- state championship game. I was there, and I saw lots of holding calls on Toledo Central Catholic that were not called. And I remember Coach, uh, Coach Ryan uh, saying, Ryan Adams saying at halftime when he was talking to officials walking off the field saying things like that. But it continued in the second half. And for me, uh, Toledo Central Catholic scored touchdowns on a few of those plays that should not have been touchdowns. So for me, Athens, in my mind, should have won by a couple touchdowns. Anyway, Joe steps up big in that game, along with, you know, the teammates. He steps up big at LSU. When Coach O said he came into LSU as the number four quarterback when he arrived on campus there. And then he said it only took him five minutes on Joe's first recruiting visit there at LSU to realize out of five or six people, including coaches that were in the room, that Joe was the smartest guy in the room. Five minutes it took him to figure that out. And he didn't want to talk about the campus. He wanted to talk football. And Coach O said he knew he had something special right then. Talked about Joe winning all the workout sprints, 110-yard sprints. He beat everybody. And these are guys that are Quick, former track sprinters, and uh, you know, talked about the the fight that happened in practice at LSU, and Coach O said, uh, you know, they didn't know what was going on, and I guess Coach O had told the defense Joe does not get hit because he was rehabbing from a uh, chest or shoulder injury. Well, a linebacker apparently didn't follow that instruction and tackled Joe and hit him pretty hard. He says, Joe gets up, doesn't do anything. Next play, the play runs off, and then there's a fight that breaks out. Coach O said, I didn't know what was going on. So he walked out there and separated the pile. He says, you know who was on the bottom of the pile? You got it, Joe Burrow. He was the one that started to fight with that guy that tackled him before when he was not supposed to be doing that. And he said that did a lot for teammates' respect of Joe that Joe earned their respect that day. And he also mentioned a situation that uh, one of the coaches called Coach O, the head coach, and said, Coach, are we having practice today? And Coach O said, no, we're off today. It's Saturday. This is spring practice. And he said, well, the whole team's out there on the field practicing right now. And he didn't know that because coaches were not allowed to be there. You know who organized that practice? Joe Burrow to get on the same page with people. So uh, anyway – He stepped up in the LSU championship game, won the national championship game, and now he's doing it in Cincinnati. And uh, they play this Saturday. They travel to Nashville, Tennessee to take on the number one seed Tennessee Titans. That's not going to be an easy game. But, again, as I mentioned, Joe thrives on big games. He loves it. And the locker room, they feed off that. This Saturday? This Saturday, 430, yes. Okay. Yeah, so – he, he also mentioned uh, that people in the stadium or outside the stadium were more nervous about Saturday's game than the players were inside. He said, we knew what we had to do. We expected to win. That's the confidence, the it factor that Joe permeates and through the whole locker room, through every teammate in there. They know they've got a great leader. Fair enough.
2: Well, um, we also have queued up here one of uh, – a voice from the past, my father, Fred Palmer, in his uh, daily commentaries. This one is entitled, The Elderly. Friends,
6: at what age do you become old? Gladstone, at 80, was the most powerful man in England. Homer was old and blind when he wrote the Odyssey. Milton was old and blind and poor, still writing his greatest poetry. Wellington planned and superintended fortifications at 80. Dr. Johnson's best work, The Lives of the Poets, was written when he was 78. Defoe was 58 when he wrote Robinson Crusoe. Newton wrote his famous Principia at 83. Plato was still writing when he died at 81. Galileo was 70 when he discovered the laws of motion, and at 77, blind and feeble, he formed the principle of the clock pendulum. James Watt learned German at 85. Unknown at age 40, at 42, General Grant was one of the most famous generals in history. Bismarck was the most powerful man in Europe at 80. Some of Longfellow's, Whittier's, and Tennyson's best work was done after they were 70. And at age 90, I'm still giving these commentaries. Just thought you'd like to know.
2: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Chris, Dad lived to be 94. Ninety-five. Ninety-five. <clears throat> we'll end up with this item here. We have about to three minutes remaining. Uh, this is a report entitled States Whose Unemployment Claims Are Increasing the Most. The U.S. is making significant progress in the fight against COVID-19 with the distribution of vaccine and boosters, but the impact on the job market has lagged behind. With new unemployment claims increasing week over week, on um, there are currently 6.3 million Americans unemployed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. 6.3 million, and it's important to look at some key stats for the latest week uh, to get the full picture. So this this story is uh, almost uh, is about last week, but it's still relevant. There were 230,000 new unemployment claims nationwide, Um, which is a whole lot fewer than the 6.1 million during the peak of the pandemic. In fact, it's a 96% reduction. Next, while there was an increase in weekly claims nationally, 49 states, including Kansas, Virginia, and New Mexico, had unemployment claims last week that were better than the same week last year. Um, So let's see here. Where does Ohio stand? Okay, so as of last week, This column has increased most since the week before. Utah had the worst. District of Columbia, number two. Indiana, three. Tennessee, four. Kentucky, five. North Dakota, six. Missouri, seven. Wyoming, eight. And Ohio was number nine. I'll do a few after that. Texas, 10. Hawaii, 11. California, 12. Now, what about since the start of COVID? Well, Ohio was thirteenth. Name another state you care about, Scott, quickly.
5: Um, West Virginia.
2: West Virginia was nineteenth. Um, they're fifteenth now. Kentucky. Um, was twelfth now fifth. Indiana. Um, they were eighth. They're now third. Florida. Okay, I'm not sure I can find that. Okay. Oh, here it is. Was thirty fourth now eighteenth. Folks, we're out of time. Be careful out there. The roads are improving. But let's wait till they uh, give us the right In call. our
6: 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM.
0: W-A-T-H-F-N's.
3: This is CBS News on the Hour, presented
0: by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. More than a foot of snow could fall before an icy winter storm is finished with parts of the Northeast. It's the same system that triggered dozens of accidents on roads in the Southeast and spawned tornadoes in Florida that destroyed dozens of homes. Correspondent Nikki Batiste from Rochester, New York. The treacherous snow and ice wreaked havoc on truck drivers attempting to navigate the highways, forcing some to abandon their vehicles. Power outages added to the misery, with more than 100 customers left in the dark in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Virginia. CBS News has learned the suspected gunman at the center of an almost 11-hour standoff and a synagogue in Texas over the weekend gained entry by claiming he was a homeless person. Correspondent Omar Villafranca is in Colleyville.
6: After a loud bang and the sound of gunshots, Akram was dead and all four hostages were safe.
5: I'm also extremely proud of the team of negotiators, FBI agents and local police officers who worked all...